Welcome to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. Here we share the latest news, comment and opinion from across the boutique, luxury and lifestyle sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, news editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. Today I'm speaking with Aaron Kalp, Regional Vice President and General Manager at the Carlton Tower Jumeirah about operational and staff considerations in the run-up to reopening, performance insights across hotels in London and Frankfurt, as well as forecasts for recovery. Thank you for joining me today, Aaron. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I know we are meeting virtually, however, I can't wait to meet in person and fingers crossed it is not too long now. And I want to begin our conversation talking about the Carlton Tower. I understand it's been closed for about 18 months whilst it has undergone a huge refurbishment and renovation. Has the pandemic disrupted the reopening plans and how did you deal with this? Hi, Eloise. Thank you very much for having me. I think your question is very fair, but then I would throw it as a curveball and say, what hasn't been disrupted by the pandemic? Um, In hindsight, if you look at it from from our point of view and doing a full refurbishment of a hotel, we couldn't have chosen a better time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't displace any revenue, but at the same time, we are facing our struggles of getting the project off the ground because when the world locked down, our site locked down, right? And then once it started opening up again, um, around June of last year, when the workers started coming back to work, it took quite some time to get everyone back on track. Uh, when we closed the site in, when basically the site was closed in March, end of March of 2020, mm-hmm. we had a daily peak of 600 plus workers on site. Wow. Um, obviously, then COVID hit and construction went to a standstill when workers started coming back end of May, early June. It took a long time before we could ramp up to get to 600 people, right? Because mm-hmm. what precautions were being done, taking care, right, on, on the floor, on the construction site, right? It's not an office floor or supermarket where you can say, follow the arrow, right? Mm-hmm. Construction site. So you have many ways in and many ways out and there's different tasks to fulfill. So it has definitely delayed our project. But at the same time, it has given us also the opportunity to maybe fine-tune or look at different things that we had originally planned and to make them better, like our restaurant. We have completely redesigned our restaurant and not based on, on COVID restrictions or on COVID new measurements and layouts, but in, in making it more of, of a sophisticated restaurant. So we have taken the best out of it, right? Um, mm. or we have tried to make the best out of it in, in placing what we can do, right? I mean, it's like what I tell my team on a daily basis. Certain things are not in our power anymore, right? And mm-hmm. why fight them or why try to change them when, when we can't? So it's not ideal. Like I said, for us, we couldn't have chosen a better time to do a refurbishment. But at the same time, it's also challenging for us for the years to come because obviously our investment was done on, on, on a feasibility study down the road, which no longer is sadly in place. But we take, we live the life, right? And we take it as it comes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know before we started this podcast, we were talking about the importance of positivity and having that focused, strong mindset. Um, It's been absolutely crucial, not just for the industry um, and those working within the industry, but everyone's own personal mental health, um, which ties in with my next question about 
staff and hotel staff. How are you keeping teams busy during this time? We didn't have, when the pandemic hit March of last year, we didn't have a big team because we were just literally starting to build the team. Um, but we were still, I would say, two hands full, so 10 to 15 people that we had to get motivated. So what we started doing from the early stages was as if we were an operational hotel, have our morning meetings and our evening meetings, right? So our uh, nine o'clock morning and then our wrap-up meetings in the evening. And, and we use the same tool to stay connected, mm. uh, to connect to everyone, right? Uh, connected also to give people that were homebound to give them an idea of what was happening at the hotel, at the premises and how business was coming along and the site was coming along. Then as we more people start coming on board, we start using this platform flat platform on a Friday evening and we called it the wind down, right? Where everyone would come online and uh, we would have right different games that we would play, right? Yeah. There was different departments that would lead those games, right? The trivia games, uh, just getting to know each other games, right? Yeah. Uh, posting pictures of uh, trying to identify who were those colleagues at uh, in their in their childhood, right? In their teens or <laughs> when they were still babies, right? I mean, it, it, it was fun times, right? But again, I think that's the biggest challenge the hospitality industry has today is how do we keep ourselves connected and how do we keep ourselves as a family? Mm. Hospitality is something that comes from the heart, right? We are all in hospitality, not because of the glory or uh, because we love the hours, because as you know, hours are long. We're in it because we like to see people smiles and we like to mm. be with people. And we like to please people. So when you take that out of our equation, obviously it makes it the most challenging part. Mm -hmm. I would argue that in many ways, being apart has brought us closer together. I mean, how often would you on a normal day to day in person be sharing pictures of yourself when you were a kid and playing those games to guess who, you know, who they are? I think that's a, a great game. I will probably be uh, implementing it myself with my own team at some point. But um, I do think that in many ways we have grown more closer together as a result of I, this. I agree. And I think that we have also seen the more, less facade approach of people, right? Because we have seen people vulnerable, right? We have seen people at, not everyone dealt with the pandemic in, in, in a very good way, right? Mm. For myself, I have to be very honest, it was very challenging at one point, uh, just based on, right, the, the the unknown and, and, and dealing with the stress and dealing with the uncertainty and dealing with what's going to happen. So I'm the first one to raise my finger that uh, from my team, people have seen me, right? Uh, I would call it naked because no facade, right? No, mm -hmm. let's put it up and, you know, be positive. People have seen each other at, at, at I would say, as how they are. Yeah. Transparency has been yes. crucial, um, particularly from a, a leader's point of view. Um, but I guess, I guess that goes down towards communication, communication and transparency and helping to restore trust and confidence, um, which I guess could bring me on to my next question about um, training and standard operating, uh, standard operation procedures. Um, to what extent have you had to revise training and SOPs for the relaunch? So we have gone, first of all, our, our hotel in Dubai, the Al Nassim property was the first hotel that was in the world that was actually verified by the Buro Veritas label 
to be a safeguard hotel for the COVID, to follow all the procedures, COVID regulations lie in. We are planning on opening the Carlton Tower as of June 1 uh, of this year, so just uh, 52 days down the road. Um, we have obviously implemented in our SOPs what regimes of rooms, cleaning process should look like mm. and what they will be like. But again, we are a luxury hotel, right? So not much mm. actually is different than what you yeah. would expect prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing obviously certain measures differently, like we are um, electrically steaming the rooms, right, to make sure that whatever bacteria is in there has been killed. We're trying to leave the rooms empty for at least 72 hours uh, between one and the next arrival, just Mm -hmm. to give clients, if they ask, that kind of um, safe feeling. But again, I look at it also a bit differently. I think that the clients that we target, which is the luxury client, always had high expectation when it comes to cleanliness and, and hygiene. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that this is actually going to be a problem going forward. I mean, uh, it's just part of what a luxury hotel does, right? Everything is meticulous. Everything is well clean. Everything mm-hmm. is is presented. It should be, right? So I think it goes hand in hand with the hygiene. Obviously, there's going to be different protocols of how we space out the restaurant, just giving the space, following the local guidelines and local, local regulations of 1.5 or 2 meters, spacing out the, the, the seating. And obviously, mm-hmm. um, mouth covering, face mask will still play an important role as we go down the road, right? And, uh, and I don't just think that even if the regulations take them away, I think certain people will still wear them because yeah. it became kind of a, a safety feel, a safety net, right? That mm-hmm. uh, in Far East, right? I mean, mouth, mouth and face masks were being worn even before COVID times, right? Yeah. But not because of bacteria, right? Because of pollution. Mm. So people used to wear them, right? So I think it will be, you will see that face masks will still be worn even once hopefully very soon this all will be over. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. And you just touched on um, then, Aaron, about the uh, Jamira's Dubai property and I, um, I understand that you've been overseeing Jamira's London properties but, but also the brand's Frankfurt site um, and I'm wondering if you can share any performance insights and comparisons between the UK and the German-based hotels. I'm aware that Germany at the moment is in a lockdown. Obviously here in the UK we've only just started to ease certain restrictions. Can you tell us more and share your experience. Sure. Um, coming to the starting off with our London properties, obviously Carlton Tower being being closed under refurbishment, um, Lounge Hotel, which I look after as well, and the Grosvenor House Suites by Jumeirah Living on, on, on Park Lane, actually never reopened since last year, March. Even when we had the possibility, when the government allowed us back in July to reopen, we made a decision not to reopen because we looked at the demographics of our market, mm-hmm. which was mainly international. And since travel corridors hadn't been open, there was no point to actually open them. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankfurt did reopen, was actually our first hotel or the first hotel in my region that reopened as of July last year. And ever since they've been running last year, they've been running in single digits, sometimes crossing the double digit. But when I mean double digit, 11, 12% mark. Right. As of this year, they've been running in single digits because obviously there was the second wave, third wave, and they went into lockdown, partial lockdown, full lockdown. Mm. So it's not, they're still operational. They haven't closed. Uh, but 
occupancies are not there, right? Um, yeah. When it comes to London, what is our what is my personal outlook for London? I think it all depends what the government guidelines will be. I mean, London is nothing without international travelers, right? Mm -hmm. London is an international city, so while we would want to live off of of the domestic travel business, we can't. It's just not feasible. So every hotel is dependent on that international corridor opening up. So we're pleading the government, obviously, to to look at that at the soonest and let's hope that as of May 17th, some positivity will come out of it. I think if there's certain corridors or traffic light system that will be on the green or upper list, I think London as itself will have a phenomenal summer month um, just because there will be all a lot of pinned up demand of people that wanting to come, people wanting to travel. And London is always one of these destinations that will be at the forefront of people to come to, um, even though predictions or forecasts don't really see that. I'm very excited. I'm very excited that everything has to be positive, right? I mean, if we run single digit, if we run double digits, we need to keep that positivity. And we have to start again, right? If we don't start, then it's always going to be based on, but what if? So we have to, sometimes you have to take the leap. Yeah, absolutely. And I think London in itself, as well as other cities, perhaps even going as far as Edinburgh, they're always going to be destination, destination cities. So they will, there will always be some pent up demand for travel to the cities. Um, I know currently the UK is, from what I understand, gearing up to um, expect a very busy summer season. So one can only hope that London can benefit from that. And bringing um, to a close here our conversation, Aaron, you touched on uh, Jumeirah's sort of target demographic as the luxury uh, high, high net worth traveller. What are your forecasts for the recovery of the luxury hotel segment? I think it will be a couple of years before we go back to the results that we have all shared collectively in 2019 from a mm -hmm. London perspective, uh, just because it will be based on vaccination, what the world is going to do, what countries are still going to be affected by the virus, what countries will have introduced the vaccination passport and what countries will be opening to, to other countries. I mean, when it comes to London, 30 plus percent is based on US business, right? Even if you consider that being a leisure or a corporate kind of of guest, it is still based on that percentage comes in every year from the US. So if that travel corridor obviously doesn't open, it will leave us in a pickle. So my personal forecast is I think we will be living with this for the next two to three years prior that we see results of 2019 coming back and again i might be completely wrong right it might be fast track this is all speculation no one really actually has the answer for this because there's so many unknowns that filter into this equation that make it literally impossible to say when is it going to come back we might all be saying we might all be pessimistic and saying right it will be two to three years before it comes back all we know is hopefully we will come back all of a sudden next year and it has only been two years since we actually started this journey in 2020. One argument is that, you know, we have perhaps saved more money, um, or at least, you know, certain groups of the population 
where they haven't travelled abroad this year and spent X amount on a larger holiday, if they are going to be travelling domestically, um, say this this summer and even coming into, into Christmas and into next year, why not treat oneself to a luxurious stay in a hotel? And I'm, I'm absolutely confident I, I, that that will happen. I, I think the same. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you an example from my... I can't because we can't... Obviously, the UK is still... The borders are still closed, let's mm. say. I'm looking at where I can... The minute hotels open, where I can take my family within London or within the UK, right? Of just having a weekend, right? And, and, and having the feeling as if we have been somewhere, having, right? Changing your own four walls, which we need once in a while. So it's part of that element of keeping yourself sane and positive. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Aaron. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And I wish you all the very best of luck with reopening or opening the Carlton Tower. Thank you so much, Eloise. The pleasure was all mine. And we can't wait to actually welcome you here in person and to show you what we have been trying to create over the last 20 months. Thank you. Thank you. And have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and sign up to our twice-weekly newsletter.